What is up, everybody? Gonna keep this intro kind of short as this episode's kind of long. My guest this week is Joshua Toomey of the Talk To Me podcast, an ex-Primer 55 bass player. Uh, in this episode, you'll end up hearing us discuss uh, something from an episode that Joshua did with uh, Mina Caputo, formerly Keith Caputo of Life of Agony, uh, asking her if she was worried about the undergoing the hormone process to become a woman and if it would affect her singing voice. That was brought up in regards to have you ever asked someone a question and felt like maybe it was kind of a, a stupid question or whatever. And Josh, you know, said that he kind of felt a little silly. You know, I said that that was something that I would have genuinely asked as well. I think it's a, a valid question. Uh, fast forward to episode 90 of his podcast with Ty Zamora around the one hour and 30 minute mark. And they discussed that on the Metal Sucks podcast, Mina was on there and sort of basically verbatim mocks that question that Joshua asked her on his episode. And as a whole, I thought it was kind of shitty. It was kind of weird timing considering we talked about it on here and I asked him the question that I did and that was his answer. So there's a little backstory to that. So if you want to go hear that, head on over to episode 90 again with Ty Zamora of Alien Ant Farm fame. There are two cover songs on this uh, episode today. Uh, that's a running theme on Joshua's episodes uh, is the cover of the week. And so I asked him to pick his and I threw in one of my favorite covers. Uh, it's an, a lesser known Every Time I Die cover. It's Guns N' Roses' uh, I Used to Love Her. And I think it's a good cover to showcase a different side of the band that they really weren't delving into at that point, at least in their career. Um, so without further ado, here's Every Time I Dies, I Used to Love Her.
Well, I guess I can kind of get this underway a little bit, somewhat professionally. Um, so, I am talking to Josh Toomey, which I am, again, supremely jealous that you have a name that's built for coming up with a clever podcast title. I don't know. I will if you... say that when I heard you say that on the uh, other episode, I truly was in the car and I was just started laughing really hard when you said that. That was hilarious. Well, I mean, shit. Like, like I've, like I said in that episode, I wasted my. <laughs> it's like uh, Big Daddy when they waste the good. <laughs> they wasted the good one on on Adam Sandler. Like that's all I can wasted think of. The good surprise on you. Yeah, like that's all I can think of is like I had a different podcast called Two Drunk Dicks, and I'm like. That's so funny and it's so clever and it you know it rolls off the tongue and then when it came time to do this I was like uh it's untitled I don't fucking know like who cares no one's <laughs> gonna listen to this and now here I am like two months later and I'm like well I still can't come up with anything clever and hearing you know like your your name basically using as your podcast I'm like fuck that's damn it why can't I have a cool last name it's like. My last name, it's like, oh, what can I say? Like, beaten off with Beatty or something like that? <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing that it's works. Time. So it's, uh, it's, I'm always jealous because I think, like, half of anything, you know, a creative endeavor has to have a cool name, something that, you know, is catchy. And I don't have that, and you do, and I'm very jealous. <laughs> well, uh, don't get it too twisted. I mean, growing up with this last name, you know, I got the jokes all through high school or in elementary school and middle school was, you know, is your middle name Give It? And you know, <laughs> it, it came with its childhood uh, horror. I think my aunt, who sadly passed away, but her nickname in high school was Socket because of Socket to me back in the, uh, you know, uh, was that laughing, the laughing days. Yeah. So her nickname was Socket. I got Give It. Um, you know, and. When I when I was thinking of doing the podcast, I was there was talk to me or speak to me, and then uh, I think talk to me just kind of rolled off the tongue. But it's also very similar to talk is Jericho. So if I ever get Chris Jericho on the podcast, then it'll be talk is talk is to me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very interesting to have have you two on each other's thing. Yeah, hopefully that'll happen. Fozzie's recording an album this year, so hopefully I can uh, make that happen. Well, you've done stuff with the Stuck Mojo guys, right? Yeah, the uh, the 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 backstory to that is, I don't know how much you know of my past, but I mean, I I played in the band Primer Fifty Five for a while. I am and, I am um, of the age that I remember those bands. That was my wheelhouse. <laughs> <right? laughs> there you go. Um, so we we did a tour in two thousand and seven. Uh, Frank Fonsere and Billy Gray both played in uh, Primer at that time. And Frank, who is the drummer for Stuck Mojo, and Billy, who is the guitar player for Fozzie. Frank's also the drummer in Fozzie, so that's kind of the, the, the connection there. Um, so when I started the podcast, that's the one thing that I kind of had uh, in my back pocket was being able to call people like that and be like, hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm doing a podcast. Do you want to be a guest? And uh, we were kind of, you know, you and I were talking a little earlier before we started recording and just, you know, getting guests and things like that. And that's one thing uh, I kind of had a you know, in the back pocket was being able to call people that I used to tour with and things like that. Have you found, uh, and we'll kind of speaking of your podcast, uh, if, if those listening haven't figured out, it, it's the talk to me podcast. Um, so yes, talk to me. it's a music based, uh, podcast, which, uh, I guess now you're covering hair metal <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> some of the other stuff now with your new, uh, your new co-host Mike. Um, but I was going to say, have you, Shit, I just lost my train of thought because I'm looking at my Motley Crue lighter. 
thinking of hair metal. Nice. Um, I was going to say, like, you talked about, like, with your touring, have you found that when you hit up people initially, have you found that with doing a podcast that it's still somewhat new to most people that they don't even think of themselves as uh, being interesting enough or whatever to even have people want to have them on a podcast because i've kind of run into that surprisingly and i'm always like but you're so and so like how has no one actually asked you or you know you <laughs> right. to do these things um you know really i haven't i haven't had that i know what you're saying and i know uh what people would say i don't i'm trying to think like maybe some of the early episodes but um i think a lot of people i think a lot of people just want to talk about themselves <laughs> i think that's what it boils down to and this podcast, you know, even though they've been around for 10, 12 years, I think in the last two or three years is when they've truly exploded. And I think this is going to be the future of uh, technology, you know, the future of media for music, music media, uh, you know, these long form interviews with your favorite, uh, favorite artists. And then you end up loving the host. So you want to hear the host. And uh, I think the the future is bright for podcasts. But I think a lot of a lot of dudes are, are getting into that frame of, man, I'd love to be a guest on a podcast. And, and so when they get asked um, you know, that's when they want to come on. Have you, uh, what, what drew you to doing a podcast? Was it just listening to a bunch of podcasts themselves or did you, are you more inclined to like for me, a lot of people always said like you doing a podcast seems to be a pretty natural idea. Cause you just like talking to people about anything and everything. And you know, a lot about nothing. Um, so, <laughs> and, uh, it's one of those that it just kind of, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm not surprised that you're doing that. But I don't know, like in listening to your podcast, it it seems like you can talk to just about anybody about anything because like if you want to talk to bands, like you used to be in a touring band, so you can discuss like, you know, what it was like being, you know, a touring band within a certain time frame or, you know, if it's, you know, talking about the love of a band or an album, like you're a fan of those same things, so you can discuss that or whatever. Um so was it always something like as you were listening to it, like you always wanted to do or just kind of something you were like, eh, I'm going to give this a shot and see how it goes? Well, I think there's there's a long answer to that. And since it's a podcast, I'll kind of give it to you. But I mean, I grew up, you know, uh, 10, 11, 12, loving music, like just absolutely, you know, reading the hell out of Metal Edge magazine and Hip Raider and, and Circus <laughs> and Rip and all the, you know, just literally all those magazines and and I would uh, even when I didn't have money, I would go to you know the Kroger or whatever grocery store was around and just sit in the magazine aisle back when they actually had you know multiple magazines. And uh, I would sit and just read, and I loved music. And so a friend of mine in high school, uh, actually a couple friends of mine in high school, we would go and if Pantera was coming to town, we would find out where Pantera was staying and just stalk the buses and wait for them to come out, and then you know talk to them then. And you know so at 13, 14, I was already striking up conversations with Dimebag Daryl and, and all those guys. And we, there was a smaller club that held, you know, like a thousand people where, uh, you know, like corn played early shows there, you know, uh, cannibal corpse was like one of my first shows I ever saw. And like, so, for, so from the beginning of seeing shows, I was already stalking out buses and you know, almost making a game of it to find the rock stars in town and, and go and, and meet them and talk to them. And so I've never really been too afraid to talk to anybody, so that's kind of that's where that part of the equation comes from. And then the other side of it is just I've always loved talk radio, even back before, um, you know, back before all this podcast stuff. I mean, I was listening to, you know, like I said earlier, sports talk radio, um, 
I even listen to stupid stuff like Dave Ramsey and you know things like that. <laughs> like I would listen to I would listen to so much talk radio. It was ridiculous, and uh, I love Jim Rome. Like you know that's that's a, that's a weird influence that I don't ever think about is how much I loved listening to Jim Rome back in the day and, and things like that. So so you've got all that, and then at one point in high school, I tried to get on the local uh, what do you call it? Uh, the uh, the, the volunteer team? community college oh, okay. radio station, um, and the only the only show they had available for because I guess once the students filled up the thing, then they had volunteers come in for the rest of the shows that were available. The only show they had available was the Sunday morning gospel <laughs> hour. Like, so I so I would go in, and this was you know this was 1995, and I would go in and I would play you know just Christian. The, the old carts and stuff and it was you know it was cool it was cool to see that side of the you know the, the radio studio and then that was the time too that i was starting to get to play in bands i was in local bands i was in a uh, a band in nashville that ended up you know we opened for everybody from uh limp biscuit to earth crisis to even cinderella we you know we played with so many different types of bands and so many different bands that you know that's where i started getting my feet wet in touring and then I went on to Primer 55 and did, you know, did the bigger, longer, you know, U.S. tours and things like that. So I mean, that all of that encapsulated comes out in the podcast. It's you know, I can reach out to people and say, hey, you know, let's come on the show. And I, I it's funny talking about this is, uh, you know, Mike's kind of new to the. He's not new to the podcast world, but he's new to the interview side of it because he did a show before, but it was him and two of his friends, and they would just talk about music. And so I'm I'm sitting here trying to you know get all these huge guests on, and he's kind of like, man, I don't know how to interview people, but <laughs> I'm like, well, just just ask him what you want to ask him, you know. And it's like it's it's, and that's kind of what I said to you too. You you posted that thing on Facebook about. Uh, should I ask this question or not? And I'm like, dude, it's your show. You know, do what you got to do. People are coming onto your show. So ask them the questions that you want to know. That's that's the only advice I have, I guess. I guess for so I don't know if I answered your question or not, but it's somewhere in there. I guess I have to ask if you were in a band playing with everyone from Limp Bizkit to Corn to Cinderella. I got to ask what kind of a band was that sound wise, because that's that's a wide <laughs> gamut was, of influences and styles. I mean, it was the late '90s. I mean, it was um, we <laughs> we we were fans of. Limp Bizkit and Earth Crisis and Snapcase at the same time. So, um, you know, the <laughs> the Earth Crisis story was uh, we we were on a small – I had booked a tour right out of high school. And it was like a two-week tour, but we had like two days off in Akron, Ohio. We showed up to Akron, Ohio to the club that we were going to play, and Earth Crisis happened to be playing. And uh, we're like, awesome, man. Let's go check out Earth Crisis. We get to the show. We got there early. And we're like, hey, we're playing it here in a couple of days. Can we check out the show? The venue was like, yes. And then somehow word got out that all of Earth Crisis' opening bands couldn't make it to the venue. Oh, shit. And so and so we're like, hey, our gear's in the parking lot. We'll just load in and play. And uh, they were like, man, that'd be great. You know, when the band was doing well, I reached out to some of the local uh, newspapers in Nashville. And I did some... Uh, CD reviews. Uh, I actually found those not too long ago. <laughs> I had actually re- reviewed a couple of CDs, but as for uh, you know fanzines or anything like that, you know I was so focused on music back then. I I wasn't really focused on you know doing this side of it. And when I got a job that I was list- I was able to listen to podcasts more and more. 
um, the more and more I listened to him, I was like, man, I could, I think I could do this. And I think I could, uh, you know, like I, like I always say, I think I could reach out to, you know, do, I, I have relationships with people in Cinderella and five finger death punch and, you know, um, like, you know, soul fly, things like that. Those, those kind of guys. And I'm like, well, you know, there's my first 10 episodes right there and I'll just build from that. So I just reached out and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. You want to come on? Uh, you know, everybody was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. And that's, that's goes back to not being a dick <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> so, uh, so always getting along with everybody was, was a key, key, key cog to that, uh, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, so yeah, so getting into podcasting, listening to podcasts, I was like, I'm going to try this. Like you said earlier, you know, my first episodes are garbage. Um, uh, <laughs> I, t- I took down the first six, including one that had, a. uh, I think episode six was with Chris Kale from five finger death punch. And that was like huge numbers because he said some stuff about black Sabbath and blabbermouth picked it up. And I thought I was like ready, you know, ready to rise to the top. And then uh, <laughs> a bunch of people, a bunch of people started writing me uh, about the audio issues because like the audio was so up and down that I just didn't know what I was doing. And uh, over the, over the time I figured it out, I think. Do you, you know, as, as someone who's kind of doing this brand new and only been, I mean, not counting the other podcast I was doing where I kind of made mistakes uh, doing a bunch of shit and kind of figuring out how to, like, less is more with this with this one, do you think you could go back and fix any of them to kind of make them sound more like your episodes do now, even though you're, you're going to kind of obviously change some things and it'll, you know, not be as in the moment as those were because you know they were recorded however long ago at this point but yeah have you thought about trying to re like salvage them so at least they can be up and be there yeah i've taken i took two of those early episodes and you know threw them through a level later and you know messed with it a little bit here and there just to get the i think the interviews are still up i think i put the chris kale interview up on youtube because the interview itself was fine it was just the intro outro stuff like that was always sounding so crazy um so yeah i've taken two of those early episodes and uh and re- revamped them um i took the i've i've, I've taken pieces of those because i took the interview from from billy gray from fozzy was episode two um when i had eric rogers of stereo mud on i put that on like the the billy gray episode was at the end of it the interview was at the end kind of stuff so i mean you know I, I've, I've tried to salvage that early stuff and there's two schools of thoughts on that. You know, it's like uh, the wrestler Colt Cabana has a podcast, and he talks about he took down his first 30 episodes because he thinks they sound like garbage. And then there's also other people that leave those early ones up just to kind of give you a uh, history lesson in the show and see the progression of the show. So, I mean, there's two schools of thought. And Colt, on his show, I think he had said something about he wanted to leave those uh, or take those down because he didn't want someone to hear one of those early episodes and that'd be their first impression of the show and then be like, oh, well, this show sucks. I'm not going to listen to it anymore. So I, I, I get what you're saying. And sometimes I wonder, too, like, you know, as, as a podcast changes or as, you know, as we as people keep changing, do you edit or change? I, I guess edit is the bad word. Um, do you adapt uh, to progress wherever this thing is naturally progressing to and, and getting better? And, you know, kind of, to me, I kind of like the progression of seeing, like, this is where something started. Because as someone who's new to this, it's like, I kind of enjoy hearing something from the beginning and seeing, like, oh, by, like, episode three, they, they figured out how to do this and fix that issue that I didn't like about the first two. 
uh, and they're getting better, and they added this, and then as you keep listening and going through, like, maybe there's a reoccurring joke that just keeps happening every, you know, every yeah. so often, oh, and then, yeah. you know, is whatever. Um, but I definitely, I guess, understand, too, that some people in today's fickle world where people are like, nope, this sounds like shit, done. I mean, I did it with Brandon Chappetti's, uh podcast because it just sounds terrible. And for a dude who probably has exponentially more money than I'll probably ever see at one given point, I'm shocked at how, how terrible that podcast sounded. But I did give it about ten yeah, episodes. Yeah, that was a really that was a really bad one. <laughs> I will say that uh, yeah, that one that one was one that blew me away too. That that how yeah, it, it just sounded really really bad. <laughs> That's all I can say about it. I listened to a few episodes of that because I like the guests, but yep. At a certain point, you know, you gotta you gotta. I, I, there's at a certain point if their content is good enough, you can look past a lot of the audio issues. And which I've done in the past, especially when I'm looking for uh, if I'm going to have a guest on, I'll always kind of go and try to find a couple of episodes uh, and just hear how the guest talks and how the guest speaks and maybe what they like to talk about. Um, I try not to listen too much of it just because I don't want to, you know, some things I like to know. I like to just ask the artist myself and find out the answer. Um, who did I have? Oh, I had um, Gene Hoagland of. Uh, testament and death and things like that but he wears ankle weights around his um around his ankles while he plays drums and that's something i've never seen before but i know it's a very uh common thing that's asked of him but i didn't want to know the answer because i just wanted to ask him myself <laughs> and, uh, I, I knew that if i just you know one simple google search i probably would have got the answer but i thought that was a pretty cool talking point so i didn't really want to know the answer have you found in in talking to i trying to remember the number you're at you made the it was a you, okay. You made a uh, Back to the Future joke, so it had to be eighty eight, uh, eighty eight <laughs> miles an hour. Um, so yeah. you're eighty eight episodes in. You figure you do one a week, so you're at roughly a little over like a year and a half, if my math's correct. Um, have you found that uh, like I don't know how often you go back and listen to your episodes to edit them, or, or if you have someone else do that for you. Um, do you find that when you are talking to people now, like you are more concise and able to articulate better, even in just your everyday conversations, or do you still find that uh, you trip up over stuff just because of you know being practice doesn't necessarily make perfect when it comes to <laughs> talking to people? Um, I think I really try to not have the like um and you know show. Uh, <laughs> But for the most part, it's it's once my brain gets going, it it just trips over itself. I'm sure, and I, I won't even notice it until I go back to listen to the episode. And the point on there too, I am um, everything that you listen to, I have edited myself. Like it's no one else. Uh, you know, Mike may end up uh, doing more of that in the future, but as of right now, start to finish, uh, fade ins, fade outs, all that stuff. That's all me. When you were uh... so. Speaking of it being all you, when you were coming up with your, your podcast idea, because, I mean, like, the thing that's interesting to me about it is, you know, we're in this, you know, this age of doing these things where no one no one tells you how to do it. I mean, anything you want to do, you can do, uh, for better or worse sometimes. Um, but, like, how, like, was the cover, like, I, something I actually wanted to talk to you about is, like, I pride myself on knowing a shitload of covers that people don't even know exist and so one of the things that i really enjoy is the cover of the week even though lately it just seems like it's it's like the same couple of bands like whether it's like this band being covered or the band actually performing the song um 
But like, is that something that you've always like? Are you kind of like me, where you're like, man, I, I I love covers, I love finding them, I love different takes on them, and it was always a thing. So you're like, that's naturally just something I want to incorporate, or was it just kind of a, well, I'm not seeing anyone do this, and there's a lot of this, you know, out here to have, you know, just extra content. So why not? No, it was definitely. I love I love a good cover. Like I love a good, uh, you know. I, if the band takes it and makes it sound like themselves or they want to sound like the band that they've covered or did they want to make it an entirely different song. Um, I've always just loved covers and a well done cover to me is amazing. Um, where that kind of came from was, uh, I was listen- listening to actually Mike's old podcast and they did a covers episode and I hated all of the covers that they had. <laughs> so on my, uh, on one of my next episodes, I ended the episode with three or four covers that I thought were awesome. And, you know, just kind of doing that, I thought about it. And, you know, I, I think about my stu- you know stupid little show all week long, and I'm always trying to think of different things. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a cover of, the, cover of the week. And, you know, because I've always loved covers, and you know what? It's my show. So <laughs> I'm going to do <laughs> crazy stuff. I, I've never, ever thought of well, my demographic would like this, and my, you know, overall thirty-six uh, percent female audience would care about this. So I've never, I've never thought of that. I've always done, I've always done the show that I would want to hear. Um, so from start to finish, if it's got little bells and whistles in it, that's because I like it. Um, you know, I've never once tried to be tried to be anything that is not, you know, most. And I think, I think that's you know, trying to stay true to yourself, all that, the cliche stuff, uh, is kind of where I am in that, you know, if I'm going to, I just want to put out a show that I would want to listen to and hopefully more people or, you know, other people would want to listen to it too. I'm trying to think of like, to me, like there was a number when I started doing this where I was like, holy shit, I, I can't believe this many people listen to an episode. Was there, do you remember like the first time, I guess with you getting like Chris Kale and someone like that so early, maybe your numbers were a lot, uh, uh, you're getting a lot more listens way if at like right out the gate as opposed to like me doing it with you know some people who aren't necessarily well known as well known I should say um, but was there like do you remember like the first time seeing a number that you just were like holy shit I can't believe I hit this already and I can't believe this many people have listened to it and just kind of that feeling of wow I think I'm on to something <laughs> um, I mean I guess like the Obviously, when you put it out there, you don't really understand that a hundred people listening to your podcast is actually a pretty good thing. Um, I, I read somewhere early on that there was some small, minuscule number of podcasts um, that actually get over a hundred listens a week, and then if you get up to a thousand, you're in like the one percenters. Like it's it's crazy the how few people can download your podcast and it still be considered a success. I don't know if that makes, if that makes sense. No, it does. So I, you know, I remember first episode, 30 people, second episode, 60 people, you know, fifth episode, whatever. Uh, I don't know how much have you had uh, podcasts picked up by any of the metal blogs? Not yet. No, I, uh, because it's a, the one I it honestly your numbers ridiculously. As I say, the one I was expecting honestly for it to really, it's funny. The one that's still my highest rated was uh, the one I did with my friend Frank from the band uh, The World We Knew. Um, 
and the the irony was is as leading up to doing it, we were, I remember we were just bullshitting on Xbox Live, like shit talking each other while we we're playing UFC. <laughs> Excuse me, and uh, I just remember him being like, "Oh, I'm gonna be sour about shit. I'm gonna just give bullshit answers, like because it's funny, like you know, it's whatever." And I was really shocked that when it came time to doing it, like he was really brutally honest about a lot of shit. Um, some stuff I didn't even know. Um, and I mean, I think he like spent like five bucks on the old band's Facebook page and it was like the first thing that they had been posting in a while. So it was like one of those things for me where I wasn't expecting too much, especially for it being like one of the first two or three episodes. But, like, just watching that thing, like, every time I checked it, like, every couple hours, and it's like, fuck, we're at 75. Holy shit, it's at 150. Oh, my God. Like, it it sat at 299 for, <laughs> for the last, like, month. And I've been like, one other fucking person just listen to this. Like, please. <laughs> share it. Share it. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's been one of those things. And as I was kind of commenting earlier about how I, uh, I'm trying to do this as organically as possible because in the day and age of people buying likes and buying listens and all this kind of shit, I, I don't know, like, at the end of the day, you kind of have to figure out what's important to you, like, putting out quality content, and maybe not, not anyone finding it right away, like, I think on one of the podcasts I had done, I make a joke where I was saying, like, you know, like, oh, I was talking to TJ Miller from Still Remains, and I was like, you know, it's one of those things, he made a joke about something about boring my listeners, and I go, yeah, all fucking 15 of them, and then I was like, <laughs> you know, my goal with this, though, is I'm hoping that maybe a year down the road, Someone will stumble across this, like, I'll have someone that just, you know, hits, like, you know, universally across a lot of platforms, uh, and it just takes off, and then people go, holy fuck, this is a cool episode, wow, there's, like, 60 other episodes, and I know, like, you know, 10, 15 other people, so I want to delve into this and kind of see what this is about, that's kind of been my goal, because I kind of looked at it more as, like, a business, where it's, like, you go into it with a five-year plan, and in the first two years, you're probably not going to make dick for money, if anything, so I'm kind of looking at it like that, where it's, like, my year plan, like, Honestly, I'm getting some guests where I was like, I probably won't be able to get someone at this level for like the first two years, if, and I've gotten them already. And I'm like, fuck, uh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, like it's, it's been really weird how, how much self-confidence I've kind of gotten doing this because I feel, while I feel I have nothing to offer anybody at this point, like I always kind of like, I like shoot myself in the foot. I feel like when I reach out to people where I'm like, hey, like, I'd really like to have you on my podcast. This is kind of what I'm thinking about talking about. If you are, want a more structured interview, if you don't, we can just kind of bullshit about whatever. Um, I know you're probably really busy. I know, like, I don't have a reach, excuse me, currently. So, like, if that's a thing and that's why you don't want to do it, I totally understand. And maybe that's the wrong approach, but I feel like it's the <laughs> most honest because at that point, like, someone would be like, well, if I am looking for someone that has a reach to maybe get me in front of a different audience, like, I don't have that. And it's like, I feel like at least being upfront and honest about it, showing all my cards and showing my hand right away at least allows people to be like, I feel like maybe it's because they're like, you know, I appreciate the fact that you're reaching out to me and, and no one else has. Or maybe it's like, you know, that I think everyone can kind of identify with that, like, underdog person who's like, I don't really, I want to do this because I'm passionate about it. And I, I mean, I don't have everything, all the tools necessary to you know, put this out and a million people are going to listen to it, but that DIY approach or that vibe to it is kind of what I love about doing this and, you know, getting some of the people I get to talk to. It's like, you know, I, I think for me and the thing that a few of my friends have said is like, you sound like you've known these people for so long, but I think it's just because you, you know a lot about the bands. You are, you know, the same age, maybe have gone through some of the same experiences, whatever. 
and you just try to find a way to like make it as approachable as possible and it comes across you know when you listen back to these and that's actually something I like about your thing is like Sometimes when I try to feel like I'm being too much of a fan of somebody, I like the fact that when I listen to yours, you can tell you are a fan of these people and that people (laughs) like that. And it's like, you know, when you were talking to Jimmy Bauer and, you know, you were, I mean, I've listened to enough podcasts where people will talk about Phil on Samo enough. And I'm usually I'm like, oh, God, get off his fucking dick already. But when I like and I don't know if it's because it's they sound ingenuine and they just don't have anything else, any other common ground with this person to talk about. But like with you, it always seems like. It's genuine and it comes from a place of like, man, I fucking love that band. Don't you, what, like, first time you heard Great Southern Tranquil, wasn't that a great fucking record? Or, you know, <laughs> right. like, it's it's one of those bands that just kind of transcends fandom of like, well, you're in a band, so you can't like this band. Like, everyone fucking loves Pantera. If you are into metal, everyone knows where they were the first time they heard, you know, Cemetery Gates or, you know, any of that, or Cowboys from Hell or anything like that. Like, it's one of those things that, when a fan is talking about something passionately, I feel like, like you do and did like with Jimmy Bauer, I feel like instead of it being like kind of like cringe where you're like, oh, you're fanboying out too much. It's like, no, I enjoy this, this side of fanboying because it's like the other person then gets to be a fan, which is the side of them that maybe people don't get to see. And to me, that's, that's a, it's a fine line to, to kind of walk and allow other people to kind of, you know, in on these conversations that maybe just like you were saying, when you went to, you know, stock out bands and stuff like you just enjoy talking to people and getting to talk to these people and hear their stories. And I mean, I definitely think it comes across in your, your stuff and it allows the, the inner fan in all of us to fan out and be like, wow, you're talking to so-and-so. Oh my God, I would ask that question too. But on the same side, you get to then hear that person be a fan of something, which I don't think they get to do when they ask just like, so what kind of pics are you using on this tour? Oh, I noticed you switched out from a Marshall to, you know, a Randall stack, like why all of a sudden are you switching up? Like no one necessarily, like if you're not into gear shit, like you're not going to care like that. You've lost that right. person. Uh, but you know, getting back to what you were, you were saying something earlier about, you know, what number, what number, you know, blows your mind or something like that. And, um, the, the episode with, uh, Glenn Benson, I'll give you this one. Um, Glenn Benton of DSI comes on, he, he's talking and talking and, uh, at towards the end of the episode, I asked him a question about, uh, Actually, Chris Kale has worn Deicide shirts out, and I was asking him what he feels about when current bands kind of pay an homage to him. And he just flat out said, uh, you know, not to bust balls, but Corey Taylor can fucking blow me. Oh, oh, oh. wait, was your podcast? I read that, was it? Okay, shit, I didn't even know that that's where that came from. (laughs) Yeah, that came from my show. And um, (laughs) so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my God. And so as soon as we get off it, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there editing it. And I'm like, man, this is going to, um, you know, from, from, from the few blabbermouth headlines that I'd had before that, I was like, man, this is going to be 100% a blabbermouth headline. <laughs> and, um, you know, the show, I posted the show uh, on the Tuesday. Send it to you know, I send it out to all the press because I don't know if you do that or not. But, I, you know, every time I post an episode, um, I go to every – uh, you know, I have a list now, but every metal blog out there that has contact or submit kind of stories, um, I send it to everybody, and nobody touched it, like until. Uh, Didn't the PR? Like, like, yeah, until like that Sunday, uh, I actually transcribed everything Glenn said, and I sent it out <laughs> one more time. I'm like, I'm like, you assholes are missing some podcast gold here, and uh, the PRP was actually the first one to run it, and then like the next day, Blabbermouth pulled it. 
and then it was a fucking shitstorm after that. I mean, every every blog out there was running it, and then uh, like two days later, a guy in Tempe, Arizona, was doing a, an interview with Corey, and he brought it up to Corey Taylor. He's like, "Hey, you know." what's this beef with uh, Glenn Benton and Corey Taylor's like, man, I haven't talked to Glenn Benton in 10 years and blah, blah, blah. And like that got posted. So, I mean, it was like, you know, it, it went crazy, but I mean, the numbers on that episode, um, I was looking at it the other day, I think like 5,500 downloads or something like that on that one episode. Yeah. Plus all the, I mean, and, and, you know, even if you didn't listen to the episode, I mean, like you, uh, you've at least heard that headline. Yeah. So it, uh, it definitely, um, you know, kind of put the podcast in a whole new planet, uh, you know, from there on out, because, you know, prior to that, you know, the numbers weren't great. And then after that one, I was like, Jesus Christ. Now, having done, having done an episode that I, I had to go back and edit due to some of the things that were said on it, uh, and take them out. Um, that's the first one really where I was like directly in with the person, like, you know, constantly in, in, you know, uh, messaging them back and forth and stuff like that and just saying like hey you know like are you cool with this i was going to edit this and put this in like are you fine with you know these things even though you said them like are you fine with them going out um do you like with the one with glenn did you have to like did you re-hit him up and be like hey that thing you said you, you sure you want that in there or did you just like fuck it you said it on my thing like you knew i was recording and i'm going with it no i mean i've from everything that i've obviously heard from him too i mean he has no filter um, I mean, honestly, I don't know if I would ever go back to the artist and be like, hey, you know, you did say this. So do you want me to put it out? I'm just going to, you know, you said it. You knew it was an interview. It's kind of like you knew what you were getting yourself into type thing. Um, I don't even know if I've ever had anyone come back to me and say, can you take that out? <coughs> um, and the only thing I've ever really edited out was uh, – I had Chuck Billy on the on the podcast a while back, and um, you know he's Native American, always about Native American rights. Yep. So one of my left field questions for him was, what did he feel about the the Dakota pipeline? And he kind of acted like he didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> and I was like, really, <laughs> Chuck Billy? Where you at, man? And uh, when I was listening back to it. Uh, I just didn't I didn't like the way like the flow didn't go and it just didn't sound right and he didn't come off sounding cool I didn't come off sounding good so <laughs> I took that out but I mean that's like really the only thing I can look back to and and think that uh, I've taken out um, you know for the most part I mean you know you've heard the show it's it's a lot of times um, you know a little bit of a pre-show banter of hey how's it going how you been and we'll just kind of get right into it I'm not big on hey uh all right, we're about to start the show. Hey, we got a blah 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 from blah 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 on talk to me today, man. How's it going? Like, I don't, I don't turn into radio guy, um, and that comes from, uh, you know, obviously ripping off the nerdist, uh, you know, the way the way that a bunch of bunch of called uh, Hardwick does his podcast, um, and I think it does make a difference. I think it does ease someone into it, to feeling comfortable about talking about themselves rather than being a you know, question guy. I don't have, I don't, I don't ever write out questions. I write out bullet points, but, um, you know, I never have. So on record three, you wrote this word that blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what did you mean that time? Which, you know, we always joke about that. We always like, Oh, uh, how was the producer on this album? Or how did you like recording this song? Things like that. Like, like 
said by the wrong person, those questions are stupid. But I think if you can put them into context and, and act like you really want to know the answer to that, I think there's a time and place for that question too. Those questions. Um, no, it's, it's, it's interesting though that you kind of use Nerdist like when you started your podcast, what were your, was there like a, like for me, like I would say if there were two, and I guess now that I've seen yours, like you, there's kind of things that I, I, I like about yours, but I don't think would fit in what I'm doing just cause a, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to make it, how to do those things. You know, I'm, I'm listening to so much shit that I, I just, I'm aware of like what it sounds like to me. So I just don't pursue it. So it's like I'm kind of doing the same thing with this where it's like, oh, it'd be cool if I did, you know, like, like, again, like I said, I love covers. So like when I heard your thing, I was like, oh, that's cool. I like and I immediately thought of like a shitload of covers I would like to use. And then I was like, no, because then if anyone listens to, you know, inevitably, you and I will probably have like more of the same guests at some point. And so for me, it was like, well, I don't want people who listen to that who may end up listening to mine go like, oh, he fucking bit that from this. And it's like, okay, so. Like you said, just trying to be original in things that I like. Um, but it's funny as I was kind of trying to think of like how I want this to be because initially I wasn't doing intros because I was like, well, I'll do a hard intro when I'm talking to someone. But then as I kept listening back to my own things, I'm like, I don't like that either though. Like I think it sounds fucking stupid. And typically when you do that, like, like you said, you catch people in this whole interview mode where they're like, oh, here are my robotic answers and blah, blah, blah. Like people are a little <laughs> more guarded. Um like, I felt proud the other day when I was doing uh, one with a porter from Atreyu. Um, I told him, I was like, dude, I'm just going to hit record and we're just going to start going because we're just bullshitting, so fuck it, like, let's just go. Six or seven minutes in, he was like, are we starting? And I was like, yeah, we, dude, we've been going for like five to six minutes. And I was like, oh, I had that moment. <laughs> that moment I always hear, like, on the Nerdist, like, where it's like, people ask yeah. you, like, oh, are we going? Uh, and I was like, oh, I had my first, uh, oh, are we going moment. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, uh... So, like, I've enjoyed doing that more. Plus, I think the other thing, too, like, with uh, Marin's podcast, I like how you feel like you get to know him because he does those, like, weird, like, five, mm -hmm. seven long minute intros talking about his cats and all this other crazy shit that he talks about and randomly thrown in ads and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, I think people might, and it's the same thing, like you were saying, like, how you guys do a quick little banner in the beginning. Like, I feel like if any, any of the podcasts that I like, you get to know the person individually even if only for a few minutes at a time, once a week, but at least between the interview and then whatever pre and, you know, post, uh, you know, intro, outro you're doing, I feel like it gets you, allows you to like kind of get a sense of who this person is. Um, yeah. And, you know, well, listening... I think the, no, the one thing like adding Mike, you know, adding Mike to the podcast, I, I kind of want to make it, you know, an actual show, like an actual, you know, an hour and a half, two hour you, you put your headphones in, you know, you're at work, whatever, um, and, and make it a, a destination for Tuesdays. You know, Tuesdays, talk to me comes out. You're like, shit, yeah, Tuesdays, talk to me day. <laughs> talk to me Tuesday. Um, <laughs> and, and because the, the, the co-host show to me is you listen for the hosts because you like the way they go back and forth. And then the interview itself is just the, the – the whipped cream or the icing on the cake, whatever you want to say. And a lot of times there's like, I, I kind of, I talk about Colt Cabana a lot. I actually like his podcast a lot. I don't like wrestling. I don't. It was funny you bring wrestling. that up. Cause I, I thought that was weird that you don't like wrestling. All things considered. I've never seen him wrestle. I've never watched a match. 
Like I don't know anything about Cole Cabana. Well, but like, I've do you just not to, like do you not watch wrestling or are not into wrestling at all? Like in general, period. No, I don't. I, in general, I don't watch it. Like I, oh, I watched it as a kid, like you know, twenty, thirty years ago. Um, you know, and when when I first got into his podcast, like you know, I did the cherry picking thing where I went back and I saw I was like, oh, he interviewed Hacksaw Jim Duggan, or I saw he interviewed you know somebody, some hillbilly Jim, or you know, like the wrestlers I remember as a kid. <laughs> but now it, it's it's Thursday, you know, Thursday, Colt Cabana comes on, and I just like listening to stories of people coming from nothing and getting to where they want to be, you know, and and how in that journey, and that's what the, what his podcast is each week. If you take the wrestling away from it, all it is is a kid had a dream. He chased that dream and got the dream, or he's still on his way, on the way up, kind of thing, or on the way down. So I mean, that's what I listen for, and I like, I like the way he talks to people and things like that. So, like, yeah, in all honesty, I, I, you know, I couldn't pick out a Colt Cabana match for nothing, but I, <laughs> I just like the way his his thing is. So I mean, and then on the other side of it, there's episodes of, uh, you know, maybe Joss a show or something that comes out that I'm like. I like him and I like the guests. So I'm like, Oh shit. I want to hear what they have to talk about with each other. Or, you know, you see, you see, uh, other podcasts with certain guests and you're like, Oh man, I can't wait to hear that one. Um, things like that. So I just look at it from so many angles. I analyze it all the time, like podcasting, um, you know, from, from where I started, which was a very minimalist where, you know, I did a, a quick couple minute intro talking like, Hey, on this episode, we've got blah, blah, blah. And then we do the interview and then I'm like, Hey, thanks for blah, blah, blah for coming on the podcast. Make sure to leave an iTunes review and on to the next one to where now it's almost more of a production, you know, to where I got the intro made and I got the little sounders made and then I'm getting the guest to say, Hey, this is blah, blah, blah. And you're listening to talk to me. And, um, you know, I make all those little things for it. So there's a lot of little bells and whistles that I like. So I'm trying not to get too overboard on the bells and whistles. There's like a happy median in there somewhere. So and plus, I made a lot of that, too, because um, the show is picked up on uh, – now it's on Uncontrolled Noise. It used to be on Los Anarchy Radio. Um, so if you're just listening to it on an app, you have no idea what the hell you're listening to. So um, you know, and that's why Talk To Me said a lot on there, just so you can know what you're listening to. Because if you're listening to it as a podcast, there's really no reason for the podcast to continue to say what podcast it is I've, because you, know, you should be able to get your phone. I've kind of wondered that, actually, a little bit here and there, but – it makes a lot more sense when you – and kind of I think where you – the difference between where you're at now with yours compared to where I am with mine, like you're thinking on a bigger scale like, oh, I'm part of a network and if people don't know what they're listening to, you know, that makes more sense. It's funny though. Like I actually was picking up on it today. I was like, this feels like sports talk radio, like with the like little bumpers with like <laughs> – you know, yeah. a, you know, hey, this is Chris Kale with, like, a song playing in the background. You're listening to blah, 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 or things like that. And I'm like, oh, this reminds me of, like, sort of how, like, rock radio stations do their thing. But, like, the whole feel of it really just feels more like sports radio. And it's weird because, I I mean, I didn't know you were big, like, much into sports. Because uh, I don't think I've really heard you talk too much about it at this point. Um so it was kind of interesting to that I put that correlation on it, and then here you are. You're like, oh, I listen to a lot of sports radio. It's like, ah, okay, it makes sense. Like because the formatting kind of is similar to me. Oh, I can see that. Um, no, that's a cool. That's a cool correlation. I'm glad somebody you know if somebody picks up on that. It's not something I do intentionally, but yeah, I'm I, you know a huge sports talk radio fan. Huge, uh, you know, Dan Patrick, yep. all those guys, uh, J- Jim Rome, all that stuff. You know, so segments, things like that. You know, I'm trying not to get too goofy with it. I'm not going to have, 
you know, fake callers or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, you know, at some point, I think it would be fun to actually have callers, you know, put it out there on Twitter or something and say, hey, we're recording right now. Call it in, call in and, uh, you know, ask a question, things like that. But, I mean, a lot of times I don't really cherry pick other people, other people's podcasts ideas more than I hear other people's podcasts and go, ooh, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that I do most of the time is actually just listen to other people's shows and just like, yeah, like, you know, I definitely hope I never do that type stuff. Um, is it hard for you to now listen to podcasts and just enjoy them for what they, how, how you used to enjoy them now that before you did them or are you, cause like I tip, I notice sometimes now, like when I listen, I'm, I'm like today when I was doing some, some background checking on a guest I'm going to have, and he was, he's been on a few, there are a couple of questions that I was like, Oh, I was going to ask that. And then as I hear how it comes across and the answer he, this person gives, I was just kind of like. Yeah, I'm not asking that now because it doesn't seem like he gives a shit and he – and listening to someone else ask it, like it's just like – kind of like you're saying. I guess it's more in that same vein of like just – I learned what not to do by other people making the mistake for me and realizing how cringeworthy it is on the other end where as a listener you're like, oh, don't go, don't go down that road. Don't go down – oh, you did. Oh, you did. Oh, and it's, it's terrible as I thought it would be. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think there has been too many questions I've asked that have I've kind of came back with weird answers either. I'm trying to think if anything – I mean other than the Mina Caputo, like did you feel like going through hormone therapy was going to affect your singing voice? You know, I still but you know, uh, la- laugh at myself for even asking that one. No, but like the thing is though, and like I was saying before we hit record, that's honestly something I wondered because I mean as a man, as men, um, something we go through when we go through puberty, your voice changes. So obviously yeah. kind of changing your genetic makeup from being a man to a woman who typically women have higher voices, higher octave voices and so forth, and being the singer of a band who was kind of a more aggressive band, to me that is a legit question because it's something, like honestly when that first record or that new song came out, that was honestly one of the biggest reasons I listened to it was because I wanted to see how different Mina's voice was compared to when the last time I heard it, it was Keith and it was a, it was a man. And I know that's maybe insensitive or or shallow or whatever to, to think of first when hearing about a band coming back. But honestly, I, other than uh, blanking on her name, but the singer of against me, I can't think of what, uh, think of what her name is now. Um, Laura Jane, Laura Jane Grace. Yep. But I was really never a big against me fan. So I don't really, it wasn't didn't have as much of an impact on me as as say like Life in Agony where I kind of knew that band I knew what they sounded like I knew Keith's voice so wondering yeah, yeah. the transition from Keith to Mina and how you know maybe it would affect the the sound to me that's a legit question and that's something maybe people aren't going to ask because they're afraid it's going to make them sound silly or you know whatever well, I think too is, is you if you're gonna ask a question like that, obviously it's not gonna be the first question. Mm-mm. You gotta like you know, <laughs> you've got to go 45 minutes in, and you know, and Mina in that interview that I had with her took it there really quick. Like if you listen to that episode, like we're five minutes into talking, or not even five minutes, and she's already into, uh, you know, well, just saying crazy shit. Like you know. <laughs> uh, John's Untitled Podcast listeners need to at least listen to that one episode just because it's a fucking crazy episode. If you heard it on the Josta show, you know, they went spacey and stayed spacey. Um, 
my show, she started out spacey and I reeled her back in <laughs> to talking about the new album, talking about river runs red and talking about music and in, in general. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, uh, I say in the interview, I mean, that was a bucket list guest. I've, uh, I've posted some photos on Instagram, things like that. But I mean, there's pictures of me and uh, Keith, uh, from when I was like, you know, 15, <laughs> that was like 1995, six, somewhere in there. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's good stuff. Um, what, uh, what actually, I mean, I know if you're listening, you're big, big on Phil Anselmo and Penn and Tara and stuff like that. And obviously through listening to the few Life of Agony episodes I have now, uh, that you're big on Life of Agony. So indirectly, I, I, I pretty much already know the answer to this question, but what is, what is your like white whale guest? <laughs> um... I mean, I posted, I think my New Year's resolution was to get all of the, you know, surviving members of Pantera on the podcast this year. Um, so, yeah, Pantera, Metallica, you know, somewhere in there. Um, you know, I had Dave Ellison on episode like 37 from Megadeth. That was a huge bucket list guest. But sometimes, man, my bucket list guests are weird. Like, I mean, Glenn Benton of Deicide was a bucket list guest. And, uh, uh, you know, Jeff Walker of Carcass. All that's just any of those bands that I listened to when I was 12, 13, 14. Um, you know, getting those guys on the podcast is, is crazy. You know, Jim Brewer came on the podcast a long time ago, too. You know, not necessarily a bucket list guest, but one of those guests that when it uh, when it got confirmed, I was like, holy fucking shit. You know, that's Jim Brewer. <laughs> but. Do you, uh, have you, because like I've had this happen a couple of times now where and maybe and i don't know your process of getting guests i would assume it's somewhat the same as mine where you either email or facebook or social media or whatever um but have you gotten to the point with some of these people where maybe like like i was like atreyu has been one of those bands for me that's just been like made me like made me look at the music that they were playing where it's both melodic and heavy and they blend a lot of shit that i like to where i was like oh you you can do these things and and make it all work and not sound like garbage like oh okay like and i just really identify with the band like i was at the right age that those guys were you know doing stuff and you know getting one of those you know one of the guys on the on the podcast for me was tremendous and i would love to talk to some of the other dudes eventually but what was kind of a, a trip was when we were done with the podcast i literally emailed said person like i emailed mark back and i was like hey you know just want to say thank you for doing the podcast and it'll probably be out in a couple of weeks i'll, I'll send it to you in case you want to like you know take anything out or have me take anything out whatever and then he texted me and then was like yeah we forgot to talk about this and blah 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 and we started like i went grocery shopping and i was then texting him while i'm grocery shopping and i'm like <laughs> the fuck is my life right now uh that it's weird sometimes like where i I'm remembering in doing this that people like everyone's just somebody like you know it's you know once you break it down like yeah you play in a band and I really like that band whatever once you get past that it's like yeah you're just a person and you know whatever like we can find common ground and discuss and it's whatever but have you found that after doing a podcast with someone that you're like like you know I just I'll keep using the Jimmy Bauer thing because it uh sound like you both were having a lot of fun just bullshitting about like old trucks and stuff like that uh that it's like when <laughs> you get working. to when you get to the point where it's like the thing's done and you, you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to go back to my professional thing of like just hitting you up on an email and, and, you know, thanking you for doing something. And then it's like, you know, maybe they start Facebook messaging you or if you did it where they have your phone number or whatever, 
now we're texting and you're just like holy like you don't text and like go overboard with it but you're just kind of like yeah, holy yeah. shit i'm still talking to this person and like did we just become friends somehow <laughs> it's like that scene from <laughs> right? uh, Step Brothers. like did we just become best friends <laughs> right well i mean yeah i mean there's there's a few people um that, that i've continued to stay in touch with i mean actually one of the people is kyle baltus like uh you know when he was on your show and and gave me the shout out i texted him a quick text i was like hey man thanks for saying uh you know shouting the show out or whatever and he was like you know he immediately wrote me back you know uh you know no problem blah 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 new out al- you know new album coming out and i'm like yeah i know we need to get uh, get you guys back on the show i mean just just stuff like that back and forth um so there's there's been people like even uh you know Hiran from Battlecross uh I tend to tend to talk to him a lot um he's been on the podcast twice now um because he came through he came through Louisville twice within like two months of each other so um you know things like that you know having those uh those weird connections here and there and then um I'm trying to think like who well actually Alan Robert of Life of Agony was a weird one because I'd actually Facebook messaged him a long time ago to come on. And kind of no response, which, you know, I'll take that, you know, no response. I don't care. But uh, as soon as the Mina episode came out, he started retweeting it. He uh, posted it on his Facebook. Um, So I reached out again. I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, thanks for sharing it. And uh, if you ever want to come on, um, just let me know. And he basically wrote me back like, yeah, man, uh, when do you want to do it? I'm like, oh, fuck, like uh, (laughs) (laughs) kind of came came up with a date really quick. But um you know, it's stuff like that just uh, because he – and that's one where he had listened to the show. So he wanted – you know, he enjoyed the interview and wanted to come on himself. So I thought that was a, a very touching moment in the talk-to-me life. So um, – but yeah, other than that, I can't really think of any – I mean I, there's still people I, I continue to kind of – you know, if I see something here and there, I'll, I'll, I'll message them or something like that. But yeah, a lot of the early guests were all through Facebook a little bit in Twitter, not too much. I, I don't, I'm not much of a Twitterer. <laughs> Twitter, you know, Twitter looks like gibberish to me, but, um, but yeah, most of it was early stuff was Facebook. Um, a lot of it. And the one thing that I've kind of always say too, is, <clears throat> you know, having friends like Chris Kale or, or, you know, the singer of skin lab or, you know, Etzel dope and all those people like that, like being able to say to, uh, you know, prospective, uh, interview, Say hey, yeah, I've uh, you know, yeah, talk to me. It's a podcast. I've had so you know people from uh, everyone from Dave Ellison to Jim Brewer on the podcast. I don't I don't really try to say like I don't talk about the reach of the show. Um, I don't think a lot of people really care. I think that's almost an irrelevant statement to to most people. I've only had one publicist ask me the reach of the show. I think it's um, more was, from my perspective. The whole reason I bring that up is because like when in booking shows that's a thing like people will send you like booking agents will send you this is what we how many views this this you know one song has gotten on youtube or how many facebook likes they have and i feel like as a 32 year old adult talking to another adult about business (laughs) and then they're throwing fucking stupid numbers out at me i'm like i don't who gives a fuck how many twitter followers this band has or you know that they have like half a million like views on you know youtube it's like is the band any fucking good or, you know, right. does it make sense for them to come through and me to pay this amount of money? Like I always feel, you know, really stupid when grown adults are talking about stupid reaches and things like that. So I think in that regard, because I've been, it's been s- such a part of the communication of, you know, booking bands and so forth that it's something that I've carried over into when I try to book guests that it's like, all right, well, th- this is the kind of, you know, uh, verbiage that you're used to hearing and probably go off of. So 
uh, here's the reach I don't I don't have currently, and uh, <laughs> you know things right. like that. So, well, I think even uh, even though like the nerdists in those shows get a gigantic following, they still say on their shows where they're talking about that if even though the numbers aren't as big as say commercial radio or television things like that, if you have a hundred people listening to your podcast, that's a hundred people listening to your podcast they've they've went out of their way to download the episode to search it out you know it's just not background noise it's not on at the at the auto shop or or whatnot i mean they're 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 investing time into your show so so i think that even if even if it's a hundred people it's a hundred people that are more engaged than say ten thousand people listening to it at you know at the at the grocery store i'm gonna ask you this question and i'm gonna i'm gonna preface it with a weird thing that i just found out yesterday so uh, a friend of mine that i had on my podcast uh as one of the first ones i did uh we were talking because uh, he asked about the one i had done recently and i sent him a link to it and i was like hey it's not done 100 percent, but like let me know if you any like tweaks need to be made so as he was listening to it i was telling him about like i was like oh it's kind of weird like you know some of the guests i've gotten recently have been like like i'll ask them we'll set a date we're done with the date and then i assume i'm not going to hear from them until that day and then they just kind of casually bullshit about whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, like this is kind of weird. Uh, and he goes, <laughs> and this is still kind of very funny to me. He goes, yeah, it's how it was with Randy Johnson and I. And I go, Randy Johnson, like the big fucking unit from Seattle Mariners? And he goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I go, wait a minute, how the fuck do you know Randy Johnson? And he goes, oh, well, <laughs> like a while ago he used to hit me up for, uh, you know, lighting tips for photography because he and i was like how i go back 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 up how does he even know do you do photography and he goes oh he commented on one of my photos of zz top and then started direct messaging me or something like that and i was giving him tips and i was like (laughs) i go why the fuck didn't you bring that up when we were talking on my podcast like that's awesome (laughs) i was like oh like what the fuck and he was just like uh yeah oh i don't know i didn't know you like baseball or knew who that was i was like I think even as a casual baseball fan, people know who the, the big unit is. Like, come on. He fucking blew up a bird <laughs> with a pitch. Like, I think people right. at least know that. And then uh, he was like, oh, you should get him on your podcast. And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm just going to reach out to Randy Johnson and be like, hey, be on my podcast. And I was like, if that's going to happen, you got to make that happen for me. And yeah. he goes, oh, okay. Like, I'll go back through and see if I can't find his emails that I was emailing him through and see if I can't set it up. So with that being said, what is the strangest connection to get to somebody have you had to get a guest? Ooh. Um. Oh, and also to clarify, I haven't gotten Randy Johnson. I'm just saying, like, it got brought up yesterday, and I would love to talk to him. So if he ends up being on my podcast, that's exactly how it happened. Right, and I can't wait for that episode. I'll, I'll, <laughs> while I'm looking this up, I'll actually give you a crazy – a, a very similar story to that Randy Johnson deal – but uh, Frank Fonsere, who plays drums in Fozzie with Chris Jericho, he uh, he reached out to me one day and he was like, hey, man, I need to talk to you about something. And he's like, can I give you a call? And I'm like, yeah, man, no problem. I'll talk to Frank anytime. Frank's one of the coolest dudes ever. But uh, so Frank calls me up and he's like, hey, man, I want to ask you about doing a podcast and how, how it works and stuff like that. And I'm like, um, you're in a band with Chris Jericho, who has one of the <laughs> biggest podcasts out there. Why are you calling me? But, uh, but yeah, he called me up and I was asking me all kinds of, uh, you know, questions about doing his podcast, stuff like that. Um, 
I'm, I'm honestly I'm scrolling through uh, my my guests here to see if there's anything that jumps out at me. Um, a lot of this stuff is honestly just you know I see that they're on Facebook. A lot of times I'll notice too if people are very active on Facebook if they actually post you know post daily stuff you know uh, I'm doing this I'm doing that if they're active on Facebook that honestly to me shows that they like to talk about themselves and so <laughs> I'll reach out to them and and be like hey you want to come on my show and then they're more apt to do it um the or one of the early episodes um I had uh where did it go I had Kyle Turley from the New Orleans Saints <laughs> on the podcast um he played this is a weird thing. People always ask me, like, how did you get that guy? I mean, he was like a first-round draft pick, like a number five overall pick of the Saints. Um, he plays in a band with another friend of mine named Rob, and Rob, like, produced one of my early bands, and I, you know, reached out to Rob. I'm like, you think Kyle Turley would do my podcast? And he's <laughs> like, well, let me ask him, and he got right back to me. And, and, uh, and when Kyle uh, – when I got on the phone with him, he was like, how long is this? How long do you need? And I'm like, well, you know, it's a podcast. I'd like to get about an hour. And he, he, he immediately goes, Oh man, I can't do an hour. And I was like, well, let's at least try to get 30 minutes. And about an hour and 10 minutes later, I was like, you know, it's been an hour and 10 minutes. Right. And he was like, well, I guess time flies by. <laughs> but, uh, but that was, that was one of my first, uh, you know, my first, uh, what do you call it? Victories there. When he said, you know, I only give you half an hour and we ended up talking for over an hour. Um, man, a lot of this stuff is just like, a, you know, a publicist and I'm starting to get into publicists a lot. Like, um, that's the one thing, you know, the, the good and the bad, you know, normally if there's a publicist involved, that means they've got a new album out. That also means that they're talking to everybody. So it's, it's, that's the give and the take there. Um, uh, so a lot of this is, uh, a lot of it's either publicists or record labels and, you know, things like that. Um, Kirk Winstein of Crowbar, he came on. Uh, they actually came through town opening for Carcass, and I had found out that his wife, who is on tour with them, you know, handles pretty much all that stuff. And she was actually at the merch booth, and so I just went over there and I said, hey, you know, I've got this podcast. I'd love to interview Kirk. Um, She's like, yeah, no problem. Uh, write down uh, – she gave me her phone number, so I came home with a girl's phone number in my wallet. My <laughs> wife uh, luckily never said anything about that, but uh, I just texted her a couple days later, and I was like, hey, you know, this is Josh. I met you a couple nights ago. Um, you know, I'd love to get Kirk on the podcast, and, you know, we set it up like that. So, I mean, it's it's some of the bigger names on here are some of the some of the easier ones. And one thing I always say, too, is, is the bigger the band and the bigger the name, the easier they are to deal with. Like it's some of these dudes that I've had on that are in these like little no name, never heard of bands are like fucking pulling teeth to get them on the show and to get them to do everything. But you know, Dave Ellison called me exactly when he was supposed to. We talked for the exact amount of exact amount of time that we were supposed to gave me great answers. The whole show was great. Perfect. Boom. Got off the phone and, uh, was perfect. Cause yeah, some of these people, man, I think it just kind of shows that, uh, the bigger the artist, the you know they didn't get there by accident. Actually, something I guess I would like to talk to you a little bit about because um, yep. like I I do concert show reviews like writing, um, and recently you've been talking well at least with the show that you did uh, the Battle Cross uh, Super Joint Child Bite uh, tour that came through. That was your first photo pass. Um, what's <laughs> funny is one time when I went yep. to go do my, uh, a show review, we didn't have a photographer. So I was asked to just take photos randomly with my phone. Um, when I got there, though, I got a photo pass. And it was the Under Oath uh, re, uh, reunion tour. 
And I remember oh, wow. at first I was like, I'm not going to be that asshole who goes up to the like the photo area pit like with a fucking phone. But then I was like, I have this pass, so fuck it, I might as well. Like, when am I ever going to get that close to like a band <laughs> like that and just be like, eh, all right, whatever. Uh, and I actually got some really good shots, and I always make the joke with uh, the dude I do uh, show reviews with, the, my photographer, that I, I can, I'm better with an iPhone than most people are with like really nice equipment, because I at least have like watching so many band documentaries and looking at magazines and all that shit. Like I just kind of have an eye for like this looks cool, and I know this band does this or whatever. So as we were like discussing shitty, uh, I remember I would being like, oh, fuck, do I be that asshole who goes up there with my iPhone, or do I just sit back and do it? But I actually went up there and did it. It was funny, but the thing about it was, was that uh, other than now being able to say I'm a, a published photographer, which kind of pisses some people off as a joke, um, you're starting to delve more into the photography side of things. Um, how how have you found that? Like, is that something you've always wanted to do? And are you kind of like sort of in the same boat I am, where you've seen so many bands and you know, lot, read a lot of magazines and seen the photos and those that you kind of have, like, like you keep talking about the classic fill poses and stuff like that. So obviously you kind of have a mental image of like certain photos you've seen over the years. Yeah. So do you feel like it kind of gives you a leg up because you've gone to so many shows and seen so many bands that you kind of know like the cool poses and maybe something that's going to happen? Or is it still something that you're just kind of like very baby stepping into what it is, you know, into photography and just kind of delving into it slowly? He's a photographer. Like he does really awesome uh, photos. Um, he's done a lot of stuff for the Decibel Geek guys, decibelgeek.com. Um, he that's kind of where I met him was through those Decibel Geek guys. But uh, so he's always at shows and he always gets the photo pass. He's got like the crazy camera with the crazy lens and all this other nonsense. But doesn't and... know how to use a recorder. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's where I come in. So we we balance each other out. But uh, he, yeah, he had actually rented that recorder like that that day. So he, you know, basically, actually, what happened that day was was he. All right, let me let me get this. First of all, I just gotta correctly. say, you, I didn't know you could rent recorders, <laughs> or maybe, at least maybe out where you yeah, are. Yeah, uh, he, I, I didn't either. He he knows all this <laughs> stuff. Like he, I guess the same place that 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 he, you know, he rents lenses. Oh yeah, yeah, like the nice. I actually rinse a few recorders, things like that. So I guess they just rinse a lot of audio visual stuff. But uh, what happened was he was going to originally go with me. So I had requested a photo pass for him. And then he was going to go, he was going to, he had a podcast. They kind of like broke up or whatever. He was going to do his own show. And then, uh, so he had requested a interview or he had requested a photo pass and they offered an interview with Jimmy Bauer. So, <clears throat> so somewhere in there, I got a photo pass that was supposed to be for him. He had actually just requested a photo pass for himself on his own and got the interview. So we <laughs> both go to the show together and I've got a photo pass. He's got a photo pass. I've got an interview. He's got an interview. And at the time I'm like, why are we doing this? Why don't we just team up um, and you come on my show? But, but so I, I had borrowed a camera from a friend of my wife's and, you know, I was getting decent photos or whatever. And, uh, so yeah, photo photography is not something I'm gonna delve into. I was having fun with it. If I had a better camera, I would have had a blast. I mean, I, I posted some of the photos I did. And they're not great because I posted my photos. And I'm thinking I'm all Billy badass with the camera, and then he posted his photos. And I'm like, fuck. I was like, all right, well, he's the photographer. I'm the interviewer, and we'll just we'll just build our uh, empire together. So that's kind of where that 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 boils down to. Uh, 
Oh, but the other thing, I was taking photos looking at the, the, the camera, and another friend of ours was standing next to us because the club we were at didn't have a barricade, so technically we were all we didn't really need a photo pass. But uh, he was taking <laughs> photos with like his Galaxy phone, and his photos were kicking my photos his ass, and I had the camera <laughs> with the lens, and I was like, oh, crap. But, oh, so back to um, – I had actually got a photo pass before that. I kind of lied, but uh, I had a photo pass for Hatebreed but I didn't have a camera. And so I posted a picture of the photo pass on my Facebook because I know Randy Bly a while back had posted about, you know, people with cell phone cameras, get out of the photo pit kind of, yep. kind of crap. Yep. So, so I posted it and I was like, I'm going to be that jackass with my, my cell phone camera. And, uh, Chad Lee, who, um, of Chad Lee photography, who, uh, his, one of his most well-known photos is the, um, it's called smiling dime. It's the, basically anytime you see a dime bag, Daryl photo, of you know of remembering his death it's that kind of smiling picture of Dimebag but but Chad Lee took that he took a ton of uh damage plan photos and Pantera photos and uh you know Dave Mustaine in the latest uh Guitar World magazine I mean he's one of those guys he's a rock photographer and he commented on he's like please tell me you're joking and I was like yes I'm joking <laughs> it's funny I'll I'll have but, to uh I'll have to send you a couple of photos I've taken with uh my new iPhone because uh when I did it Someone actually commented, because uh, like I was tell- telling uh, someone the other day, I was like, I feel like I have an eye for photography, but like I just don't want to like. <laughs> in, in between investing in this, between buying vinyl, between you know being a musician on the smallest scale, like it's I've invested a shitload of money into a lot of hobbies. Uh, so photography is definitely not one that I know. I know how expensive it is, so I have no desire to drop three grand on right. a, a really nice camera and then all the lenses and all the other shit uh but it was funny because i ended up posting this photo i was like i was driving to work i saw this thing of like downtown from like where i live and it just i had to stop i literally stopped the car put the hazard lights on ran out of my car took this photo like kind of like positioned it a few different times like for framing and then got where i wanted it to be and then ran back to my car and went to work and was one of those things I was like, I'm sure any of the students around the campus that I was at probably thought I was fucking retarded for for doing that. Because literally, I literally stopped and ran out of my car to get this photo because I was like running behind. But I was like, it was one of those I remember looking over at me like, oh, that looks so awesome. But I kept thinking to myself, if I don't get out of the car and at least attempt to take a photo of this, it'll be one of those things where you're always like, man, I saw like the city as I've never seen it before. And it was so photo-esque and I just never took a photo of it. And would be a story <laughs> right. as opposed to a memory that I have. But I remember when I posted it, someone's like, proof that the new iPhone is better than it used to be or something like that. And I was like, that makes me feel really good. Like, I took a really good photo and someone noticed right. that like, the iPhone is really nice now. Uh, but no, just like you're saying, like getting a photo pass and taking a fucking photo with your phone, I was like, oh, God. I don't want to be that guy, but I was like, like again, I was like, but how often am I ever going to get a chance to get that close to take a photo of a band I actually like? <laughs> right. So I was like, eh. and on top of that, since I was doing a review for a show, I was like, I should probably get some closer shots than what I'm going to get from the VIP balcony and whatever. Like, so I probably should go down there and at least attempt to take a couple of photos. So at least it makes the piece I'm writing look a little better. Um, but yeah, nice. it, uh, I, I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I've read Randy's things where he's like, exactly the same thing like you just said or it gives you like this thing where you're like i should do this and then you hear randy in the back of your head and you're like no i shouldn't no i shouldn't (laughs) (laughs) right um last question 
All right. This is going to be a tough one, I'm sure. What is your favorite cover and why? Oof. Favorite <laughs> cover. Favorite cover. And it's going to and it's going to end up being the song that I end end uh, the podcast with and then I will post my favorite cover. So you're you'll All have right. to listen to at least hear my favorite cover. Man. <laughs> um <laughs> Man, you Steve stumped me on this one. You're gonna be have to have to edit all this nonsense down. Um <laughs> I'm trying to think. Let's see. I would say that my favorite cover and the one that pops in my brain right away is uh a cover I threw on my podcast a few episodes ago. But uh, the movie Rad came out eighties bike movie. Mm-hmm. Totally uh to- total uh you know, just, just the the Actually, I, well, shit. I'll tell you that story too. Um, so, so the movie Rad comes out as a kid, and I love the movie Rad. And so I rented it from the VHS store every weekend. My dad would go in and be like, "Hey, you can rent one movie." And, and each week, I would rent the same movie over and over and over. And so uh, that was so me movie with Rad. Uh, with what? Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. That was my movie. I rented it every single fucking time oh, I went nice. to the store. Sorry. Go ahead. So I read the movie. So, so the main the the. The main character's name is Crew Jones, played by a, name, a guy named Bill Allen. And Bill Allen did nothing else. He was on like an episode of Family Ties. He was on, uh, you know, a couple little things here and there. But I mean, he is a cult figure in this world. So uh, when I first started the podcast, that was one of the people I reached out to was Bill Allen, who played <laughs> Crew Jones in Rad. And uh, he agreed to come on. And I was on episode three or four. And I'm already like that freaked me out like i was about to call crew jones on my phone and uh <laughs> yeah so, so i have the, i have this 10 minute interview with him and uh, and so yeah and, and yeah that was the one that like freaked me out the most was crew jones but the, the song send me an angel is in this movie and it's a complete classic uh you know 80s classic and thrice covered it for uh, one of the pop goes punk albums and so my favorite cover right now would be send me an angel done by thrice all right are you gonna go check out or that, let uh, faith you know <laughs> really that's is that really like for real like that's one of your favorite covers? no 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 oh, okay no well i mean at the time yeah but no not i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't uh you know <laughs> call it right now but you know th- thrice is send me an angel i was joking about the limb biscuit cover <laughs> which but limb biscuit an amazing band of doing covers yes Actually, I was saying I the other day I prefer Behind Blue Eyes by them compared to the one that The Who did because I don't like the vocal cadence of The Who's version, personally. <laughs> or uh, they, they released their cover of uh, Thieves, uh, Limp Bizkit doing Thieves by Ministry. That was a good one. I don't think I've heard that one. Well, there you go. So we will end, uh, we'll end this podcast with your Thrice cover. Nice. Um, and as always, what are your uh, socials that you want to plug? Where people can find you, and obviously your podcast domain or home homepage or whatever. Yeah, um, you know, obviously if you're out there listening and you've listened this far, then maybe you've enjoyed the way that I uh, 
come across on the mic. So check out Talk To Me, and that's Toomey, T-O-O-M-E-Y. On every podcast platform out there, pretty much iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, You can find it on YouTube. You can find it uh, SoundCloud. You can find it everywhere. Um, SoundCloud, not too much. I don't really post a whole lot there. But um, (laughs) yeah, most other podcast forms, uh, (laughs) go go over there, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. And then uh, social media is at Talk To Me Talk on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Talk To Me Talk. Uh, you can always just search me out on Facebook also. I believe it's just uh, Facebook.com slash Joshua.Toomey. So I think I got that one early. Um, yeah, just reach out and say hello. And, uh, John, thanks for having me on, man. This has been fun. Yeah, no, uh, thank you for doing this. And uh, I just have to say that sounded professional as fuck at the end, the way you just rolled out with all your uh, socials. <laughs> like half the time people were like, I'm what? at – uh, and you just rolled out with it because you probably have done that hundreds of times at this point. Well, I've said it almost 88 times. times uh. Yeah, 88 <laughs> times. So uh, enjoy the rest of your night, and thanks for uh, doing this with me. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. So that was my chat with Joshua Toomey of the Talk To Me podcast. Again, going to keep this outro kind of short due to having two songs and just kind of a lengthy chat. Uh, socials, you can find me on John's Untitled Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is John's Untitled Pod, and email is John's Untitled Pod at gmail.com. That's J O N S, not John with an H. Lastly, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere basically that you can find podcasts, you should be able to find this podcast. So if you could rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is that that particular app has you do to get this podcast, please do so. It helps out tremendously over here. Lastly, ending it on another cover. As you heard, this is going to be Joshua's uh, pick of Thrice's Send Me an Angel. So without further ado, here is Thrice. Talk to you next week. Send me an angel.